Welcome to Hospitality Meets with me, Phil Street, where each week we take a light-hearted look into the stories and individuals that make up the wonderful world of hospitality. Today's guest is Joanna Kurowska, Managing Director for the UK and Ireland at IHG. Coming up on today's show... Joanna is completely honest about her new role. Did you ever imagine at that point that you would become MD of the UK and Ireland in IHG? Not in the wildest dreams. Phil gets way above his station, and I feel like I've just mentored the managing director of (laughs) IHG. And Joanna makes her play for the greatest story told so far. So I was staying in the room 3901. I'm staying there in bed, fully dressed, because I'm prepared to tackle the ghost when it appears. All that and so much more as we chat through Joanna's wonderful story and journey to date. It's clear that Joanna is a born leader and that shines through in her ethos and everything that she does. Her story is another wonderful example of where you can go with flexibility and the right mentality. Don't forget, we launch a brand new episode each week telling the amazing and always amusing stories from hospitality. So please remember to like, subscribe and review on whatever platform you're listening. Enjoy. Hello and welcome to the next episode of Hospitality Meets with me, Phil Street. Today, we're back in hotels and I am so excited to welcome someone who has fairly recently taken on the MD ship of the UK and Ireland within one of the world's largest hotel groups, that being IHG. She's someone who has had a not so typical rise to this position, I think it's fair to say, but she will obviously cover in, in good time. But I'm super excited to learn more about that and someone who is absolutely flying the flag to get more women, not just into leadership positions, but also just generally into this wonderful industry. So it gives me huge pleasure to welcome to the show, Joanna Kurowska. Hello. Hi, Phil. Lovely. How are you? Being here. Thank you for having me. I'm all good. How are you? Good. Yes, very good indeed. Was um, was the, the intro accurate? Yes, all good. <laughs> Thank you. Excellent. Yeah, it's always one of those things. I write these things and then I go, God, I hope that's all right. <laughs> it was all correct. No worries. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, where are you recording this today? I am actually sitting in my kitchen. Uh, so that is my kitchen table and my kitchen wall that is behind me. In the, spirit, the true spirit of 2020, I am working from home today. Fantastic. Yes. Well, that is now, uh, I'm not going to say the new normal, but it is, it's a normal that is new for sure. Um, ev- everybody's working from home more than, uh, than they ever were, I suppose. Definitely more than I would have ever expected, uh, but I am finding my way through it. And, and like, like this one for the occasions like today, it is actually uh, very comforting to be sitting, you know, uh, at your own table in your own space and having the conversation. It feels almost as if we were meeting face to face in a bar somewhere. Yeah, cool. Yeah, well, I'd, let's find a bar that looks like your kitchen then. <laughs> that's the uh, that's the the way forward. No, that's great. I mean, as I mentioned at the the top of the show, you've you've kind of recently taken on the the MD ship of the UK and Ireland portfolio within IHG. How has that been through uh, what's been a very interesting year? Indeed, it has been practically 100 days ago uh, when I took over the role. Uh, So that's a very special moment for me, actually. This week we are celebrating uh, three months in the role. Would you have done a presentation on your first 100 days? (laughs) I actually haven't, but I had it somehow psychologically in my head. That was an important week. I was thinking this is the week for reflection as to what I have managed to learn over, over the first 100 days and what uh, what the future holds for me and what the future holds for the UK and I under my leadership. 
So a very special yeah. week when you are catching me uh, on this Friday afternoon. Splendid. Well, I feel very privileged that you're giving us the time. Of course, with pleasure. Uh, and you're right, it has been it has been quite a year, or I should say quite two years uh, that have been leading yeah. to this moment. And I remember when I started speaking to, to IHG about this role, and they, they have all, of course, asked me how do I see the future and how, how I imagine joining the team here in the UK and I in the times that unprecedented as, as they are. And for me, actually, this was and still is a huge attraction of the role. There is so much at play and there are so many things that will be different and we don't even know the extent of difference that is awaiting us in the future. Uh, yeah. but it's even more exciting to be part of it and actually to be part of this future being built together. That, well, that's a wonderfully positive outlook. And I think, it, you know, what choice do you have, right? You can get down and depressed about all of the challenges that everybody have, has had to face, or you can look at this as an opportunity to, I suppose, reflect and, and look at what was working and what, what, what wasn't working and make sure that you move forward as positively as you can. Definitely. You see, I imagine that when I'm thinking about it, I actually remember the times when as a kid, I, I loved playing with Lego, you know, blocks and Lego yeah. toy, if you will. And and the most frustrating moment was when, when my Lego construction was destroyed by my brothers and sisters. But what, yeah. it did, what it did help me build was the new construction that was, you know, a little bit better than the previous one. And I usually were, I, I personally was building planes, so not really buildings, but I like building planes from Lego. And my every next plane was actually even more perfect than the previous one. Uh, yeah. And that feels very similar. As you say, that's an opportunity of uh, looking deep into into our hearts and, and the history of the industry and the history of IG and the history of all our competitors and thinking what has truly worked, uh, what we can change and what we will have to change because our guests and our consumers and our colleagues and the world around us has changed. Absolutely. Uh, do you know what I, I took from that section there? I also used to make planes out of Lego. Oh. And I, my inspiration came from the movie Top Gun. End of. That was it. <laughs> Now that they are people like me, I'm so happy that I'm yeah. <laughs> I thought that I was the only weird kid who didn't build uh, castles, and I don't know what else. I was building planes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, I mean, I, you know, I suppose as a, as a small boy, I just kind of built everything, but I did specialize a little bit in destruction. <laughs> but uh, anyway, that's a story for another time, I'm sure. Great. Okay, well, I mean, obviously, you, you've taken that more or less 100 days ago, this new position. But before that, there's a whole career that kind of got you there in the first place. So take us all the way back to the, the beginning of your career. How did you end up getting into hospitality in the first place? <laughs> all right. It's not an open question at all, is it? <laughs> not at all. I think that I will start. I'm just thinking where, where the right moment is to start. And I think that is probably the time to give credit to my father who at certain point in a deep history, uh, he basically called me and he said to me, go and study finance. That's far better than your first degree in political science, because with your political science, you are not going to make a good living. So go and study finance. Okay. Ages ago. And I was, um, I am his oldest daughter and I was always a very, you know, good daughter and obedient daughter. And when my father told me, go study finance, I just subscribed to a course and I just, yeah, got another degree in finance. And, while doing that, I was working as a consultant, as an IT consultant. So I was studying and working, as you might imagine. I just needed to somehow make it all work. Yeah. And while doing all this in the same time, my company at that time sent me on a project 
uh, to a very exotic for me at that point, country of Senegal, to Dakar. Okay. So I was flown to Dakar, uh, to a beach in Dakar. Honestly, there was nothing else than a beach there. And there was a construction site. And I was told, this is where the new hotel is being built. And you, as our IT consultant, you are going to make sure that all the IT systems in the sort of in the back house, back of the house, if you will, uh, that they are being set up. Uh, and that was my job. I was a person who was just setting up the system. So that was nothing unusual for me. I was usually doing it in factories of some sorts. I haven't done it at that point in a hotel. So I just sat down at my little desk. You know, the construction was going all around me. There were construction workers all running around. And I was sitting there on the beach and doing my, my piece of whatever needed to be done. Yeah. What a nightmare nightmare position to, to <laughs> do some it. work in. <laughs> I absolutely loved it. It was a little hot and a little dusty. And, you know, obviously there was no air conditioning because the hotel was being built. Uh, yeah. But it was quite uh, quite spectacular, quite something to be to be sitting there and literally see the walls of the hotel being built around me, around my little desk. I spent three months there and then uh, there was a little break and then I came back for another three months. So that was relatively long for a project. But as I learned later on, the, the hospitality projects or the construction projects, they tend to go longer than anticipated. And yeah. <laughs> And while uh, working my way through the through the IT side of the project, I obviously got to know a little bit more uh, about the hotel and the business and, you know, the team that was being built around me and the general manager and everything that was going on. And I, and I was really curious. I really liked looking at those people and, and seeing how they interact and how they build the future of the hotel. And towards the end of this adventure, the general manager at that time, he invited me to, to his office and he said, so... Um, do you like what you do? I said, yes, I'm, you know, I was a happy person. And he said, I, I'm, I'm happy for you that, that you are happy with your current company, but what if you joined us? <laughs> and, you know, I was very young. It has never happened to me before that someone would be yeah. asking me the question like this. I, I didn't really know what to answer. And I was, I was surprised. I was flattered and all those emotions at once. Um, but then I came back, I reflected and I thought, well, I actually could do that. I could see myself joining and being part of this very different industry than IT industry. And this nice gentleman who sort of offered, why wouldn't I just give it a shot? And and I have. Uh, so I reached out back to them. I got interviewed for, for my first role with the, with a company that was not IEG, that was one of, uh, one of other hospitality companies. And I didn't get the job. So imagine after all this, I... <laughs> So, I interviewed and I didn't get it. So, right. So he, he said to you, you should come and work for us. And then you... I didn't get the job. Went And you didn't get the job that he said you should come and work for him as? Not for him. So I actually, I applied for a different role. So not directly for ah, him. Okay, right. Got you. But it did feel a little bit like, wow, that, that is not a great moment. I just didn't get yeah. what, what I wanted. So, you know, not, not the greatest day of my life. I still remember it. It was the 22nd of March. So I remember the long walk. My goodness. <laughs> I you really do remember it, yeah. <laughs> I do remember the day. That was quite a sad day. Uh, the, the funny thing was that on the 1st of July the same year, so three months later, they called me back and they said, you know what, uh, we made a mistake. We actually wanted you, but we hired someone else, but someone else was not really that great. So do you want to join? Right. And that was my way into the industry, uh, you know, in a very un unplanned, unanticipated way, honestly, not... Not that much really steered by me, but more steered by circumstances and people who might have seen something in me that I didn't know existed. Uh, that's right, how yeah. I started. 
that was my first hospitality job. I became a director of finance for a 400 rooms uh, hotel in Croatia, in Dubrovnik. And that's Crikey, it. so straight in at uh, director of finance level. Yes, uh, that was a quick, uh, that was a yeah. quick jump, uh, indeed. Uh, it, it was huge. It was 400 rooms, uh, 14 restaurants and bars, a massive resort in Croatia, absolutely stunning and beautiful. Mm. Uh, and an opening, uh, by the way. So that was a hotel that just opened. And indeed, I became a director of finance and I discovered this uh, this world that uh, that is very special to me. And, and whenever I speak about it, you know, to my sisters or to my friends, it, they sometimes they have troubles understanding why I speak so warmly about this business. But to me, truly, hospitality is different. It is different than consultancy. It's different than, than many other industries. Uh, and it has this particular power of impacting people's life in a gentle way and making those life easier in a very elegant manner. And I found it just my place under the, the sun, if you will. Yeah, that's a really lovely way to, to sum it up, actually. And, you know, I'd, I've had many a guest on the show now and you know I, I think people sometimes forget this industry exists to make people feel special basically and it's such a, a, a an honorable and wonderful thing to do and it doesn't really matter at what part of the business you sit you know if that's your focus is to make everybody's life a little bit easier whether that's an internal team member or a guest staying with you or whatever then you know you're absolutely in the right place Exactly. And I remember discovering it. For me, the first discovery was when I was showing a hotel to my brother at the time. He came to visit me in in Croatia. And so I showed him, of course, the front of house, if you will. So I showed him everything that was shiny and pretty. And then I took him to the heart of house, right? So I opened this door. It's like a tiny little door that separates the guests from from the rest of, uh, of the crew. Mm. And I think that this was when I was walking him through this this whole different world that's behind the scenes when it spoke to me, uh, to your point is to, we all are here so that everything that's behind this door goes effortless and makes everyone feel so special and so comfortable. And so, so at ease while we actually make it so. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, and then if you're, if that's your focus, if you're making the, the, the underbelly of the business function, without stress and without problem, then that then reflects into the, the level of service and capability you can actually deliver to your guests. Exactly. And then from there, you know, everywhere, wherever you go in the organization, this is just this is just the second chapter in the story, right? The key is, you called it nicely, the key is this core of the business, uh, which is this individual single interaction between a guest and us in the hotel. Yeah, absolutely. So you're walking your brother through... <laughs> The, yes, back, sorry. the heart of house. I'd, I like how you called that heart of house, actually, as opposed to back of house. And um, yeah, what happened next? So I stayed in the Rovnik for nearly two years. I absolutely loved it. Um, and then I came to my, I went to my bosses at that time and I told them I really love it, uh, but it's time for me to move and I want to explore a little bit of the world because hospitality is one of those industries where uh, quite naturally you think you, you can see the world with hospitality. And they asked me, so okay, uh, where do you want to go? Uh, and I was very prepared to answer this question because believe me, I came to this conversation very prepared. 
I checked, um, on, on the website of the company, I checked all the openings to happen very, very soon around the globe. And I, I mapped it or I layered on top of it the, 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 my, my skills and my linguistic skills, if you will. So which languages I could speak in those different markets around the globe. And I yeah. landed on Mozambique. Uh, I could speak. Of course. Portuguese. Of course. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> See, that is here. <laughs> they were surprised. Yeah. Well, at that time, uh, we were opening the, with this company a hotel in, in Mozambique, in Maputo, in the capital. Uh, I could speak Portuguese. So I, I asked them, OK, would I please go? And the answer was, yes, knock yourself out. Go if you want. Yeah, you are the only applicant who's qualified. Oh, so, that, yeah. that doesn't make me feel like I was special. Sorry, sorry, sorry. No, it's okay. that's not what I meant. I'll edit that out. That's all right. uh, so I went, uh, we went uh, together. So so with my, my boyfriend at the time or my partner at the time, who is uh, still around. So that's a long, long relationship that we are carrying together yeah. uh, for, for many, many years now. We went to Mozambique and indeed I, uh, I worked for a year in this hotel during the pre-opening phase of, uh, of the hotel in Mozambique. And that's where, or that's from where I uh, actually moved to IHG. So that's the moment when one day I got a call. And again, you know, I was quite young in what I was doing and I haven't experienced really being headhunted by professional recruiters. And yet oh, it happened. So pesky headhunters are at it again. Oh, they are. But yeah, this is so nice to actually get a call from a headhunter. Yeah. <laughs> so so reassuring and uh, somehow validating, if you <laughs> if you know what I mean. It generally means that you're doing something good. I it think does that's it. the oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. The um, we we're we're not in the habit of contacting just anyone for anything. Yes, well, um, so you definitely would have caught caught the eye somewhere along the way. So somehow it, it did happen indeed that uh, that I got an eye that was um, a recruiter based in Germany uh, who has become my business partner until today actually, and so a long relationship. Um, yeah. And they did ask me whether I would, would be keen on coming back to Europe, which was absolutely not my, at that time, I, I didn't really plan for it, but uh, but they sold the job well. Uh, the job was in Warsaw, and Warsaw is a place where I'm coming from, so somehow it was coming back home um, okay. after yeah. a few years abroad, so that sounded different, if you will, and that was uh, an, an interesting turn of uh, of my career. And, and then they introduced me to IHG, and Honestly, of course, I, I knew of IHG, as everyone in the industry would know, but I didn't know anyone who would be working for IHG. I was not exposed to the company. And I remember they have flown me in from Mozambique to Vienna for my interview with, with an area director of finance at that time, based in Vienna. Mm. And she welcomed me to Intercontinental Vienna, um, and she interviewed me in the club lunch in, in this hotel. And I can tell you after 10 minutes of her just being there with me and the way she spoke about the company, the way she spoke about herself and the job, I knew that I won the job after 10 minutes. It took a little longer before, you know, everything was (laughs) agreed. And she knows it now because we we remained friends. I knew that this is a place where I want to be very, very quickly. And that's how it started with IEG. That's brilliant. That's um, that's the same sort of... We actually always talk about this in the world of recruitment around the fact that you, you know, a lot of the time it is still that first impression from the candidate's perspective as much as the 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 company's perspective as well. It's like you're, you know, you've gone to look at three houses and you walk through the door in one house and you just go, yeah, that's the house for me. It's exactly the same principle when it comes to to mapping out your career. 
agree. And I think that this is um, on every level of the organization, and doesn't matter which position we are recruiting for. And that's why actually making sure that we take the time, you know, especially now if I think more broadly of, of the recruitment challenge that we are all facing in the industry now, this is key of making sure that this is not random, that when we welcome yeah. someone and invite him or her to come for the interview, no matter the role and no matter the level of the organization, they have the experience that I had those 10 years ago in Intercontinental Vienna, where I felt I felt special and I felt that I'm sitting in front of someone who I'm going to learn from a lot and who I will admire. And, and that is exactly what happened. Yeah. I, but you know it, that's not actually that difficult to achieve. I mean, it's it's one of those things that actually, if you we're we're looking to invite someone new to come into our business, let's ensure that we make their experience enjoyable from start to finish, whether they end up taking the job or not. You know, it, it, it's something that lives long in the memory. You know, and I've spoken to to a number of people about this over my life around the fact that actually. It fundamentally does not matter whether that person gets that job or not because they're now they've now become an advocate for your company even though they're not working for you of course that's the same as an experience you know at the l line or it's the same as inviting people home right you invite 10 people home for a party they not might might not all end up being your closest friends but you want to have this group of advocates or the group of supporters just spread around the globe uh speaking highly of this few hours that they, those few hours that they have spent with you yeah absolutely and then you know how often does it happen that 10 years later an offer, opportunity comes up in company and they go oh do you know what yeah I'd, I'd still would love to work for that company exactly and there you are but uh, anyway yes I, I digress slightly I, uh, that's me going off on a recruitment rant that's what that was <laughs> but anyway so you you took the job I and... took the job. It was exactly 10 years ago. So it was 3rd of October, uh, 10 years ago, when I started oh, wow. in Intercontinental Warsaw. I feel like we were always destined to do this talk <laughs> at this time. There's lots of landmarks happening here. I, I think if you can believe in fate, yes, today is a day of uh, of believing in the fate around us. Yeah. Um, it, it, it is quite symbolic. 2021 for me is quite symbolic, if you think about it, you know, somehow crowning the 10 years career in AEG by this move um, and by this promotion, to me, it feels very, very emotional, I must admit. Mm. Uh, so yes, I started there. I started as Director of Finance of Intercontinental Warsaw. And that is uh, that is where another big moment happened in my life, a big moment of learning where I, I walked into my general manager's office uh, one beautiful day and I told him nice working with you but just by the way I'm here for two years and in two years I want to make a career move so you know okay sort of I was polite but the message was don't get too attached I am on my way out anyway (laughs) Uh, and the good thing is that he was and he still is a very wise man Uh, so he sat me down and he said okay so uh, explain to me what you really want to achieve and where, where this is coming from um, needless to say that I spent actually in the hotel four years. Uh, so I worked with the gentleman okay. for four years. Uh, and it is not for, you know, it's not because I couldn't have done anything else. It is by choice uh, because I really appreciated us working together. Mm. And he And that was my first big learning, which was be patient. Uh, just don't. Don't overjump it. Don't try to short to, to take a shortcut. Enjoy the ride uh, as it is, and take the best out of it and learn uh, out of it. 
And that is this experience in Warsaw that, well, yes, I was a director of finance, but I also was exposed to many other aspects of the business. That is what gave me a great foundation of understanding the business quite intimately and not only in the finance side of things, but so, you know, holistically more broadly. And that's yeah. thanks to him and thanks to the doors that he has opened for me. And then when the time was right, I started taking over the leadership over a few more hotels in Central Europe from the finance perspective. So slightly and slowly growing my estate, if you will. Yeah. Uh, and from there, indeed, in, it was in January 2016 when IHG has uh, called me in and asked me whether I would like to join the corporate office. Okay. And that was a massive transition. That was first, I, I had three big transitions in my life. That was the first one. Uh, moving from a hotel where you are a director of finance, so you're basically you know, one of the senior leaders of the hotel team, and it's a big hotel in Warsaw, so you are responsible for the lives of 350 people who are working in the hotel. Mm. From this place, I'm suddenly accepting the role here in the UK, in our global and, and um, European office in Denham, in, in Western London, and I'm coming to this massive office of, I don't know, 500 people who are normally, you know, working in and out from this office, a, a nice glass building and, and a very different corporate environment. It's a massive transition from being part of where the action happens in a hotel with the guests and the guest complaints and everything that is so, so speedy and at pace because, you know, the life in the hotel is 24-7 and everything happens quickly coming yeah. to the corporate office where things are far more strategic, far more forward-looking, far more uh, corporate in a, in a good sense of term, but very, very yeah. different from a hotel. Um, yeah, yeah. And I, I have actually been to that office that <laughs> yeah. you'd speak of. You visited um, <laughs> Yeah, it's quite an amazing place. There's no question about it. I'll... It is. It's, but as, as, So you have seen it. So it's just, just for those who can't see it, it's a glass building in the middle of the nice countryside with yeah, a golf, golf court nearby with a river just passing through the office gardens with sometimes deer just hanging around the office garden. It is quite surreal uh, to come from a buzzing city center to this um, literally middle of nowhere with, with my whole love for, for Denham Village as such. But you yeah. come there and on one, on one hand you have this calm and peace from the surroundings, but on the other hand, you have the life, at least for me, that was at that time very surprising, very different. I was not prepared to to be part of the corporate structure. Um, right. And that was my learning. That And the learning I took from this was I will never make a similar move without actually preparing and without being aware of how much of a transition a move is. And I have taken this learning from, from those days until today. And when I was moving, for example, to this role, I have really made sure, and, and we spoke about it a lot uh, with, with IEG as to how to prepare, how to, how to integrate the role without having this massive shock of how different it is from the previous one. Yeah, I, I suppose that's, I mean, not to be underestimated because, okay, but, you know, up until earlier this year, you've been with the company for the best part of 10 years, which you've now gone through. But, you know, you've, I suppose it's a very, different part of the business very different role from what you're used to you know so making the transition the expectation is is us ah somebody will you know just get on with it and that's fine but i think actually to to be able to think about these things in kind of minute detail i can imagine would be, would you know be worth its weight in gold you see i when i was preparing for this role uh, earlier this year 
I actually discovered the power of the last 100 days. Everyone writes books and talks about the first 100 days in role. And, and, you know, there's probably more manuals about it than about anything else. And you can go to yeah. a store and just buy, buy a book what to do in the first 100 days. I, I haven't found a manual that tells you what to do in the last 100 days when you are somehow silencing your current role and letting it go to someone else. And then when you are mentally preparing to the next one. So not that I wrote a book, I haven't done it yet, although that's that's part of the master plan. But I actually found that those last 100 days in the previous role were critical for me to be ready when I came here uh, to the UK and I. Do you know, that's, that's genius. And um, <laughs> before you said that you were going to write a book on it, I'd literally just written that down as a title for a book because, uh, you know, you're absolutely right. Nobody thinks about this. But actually the transition away and how you leave that role behind for somebody else to take over, whether you're staying within the company or leaving the company, actually, you know, they've got massive weight uh, in terms of its importance. So I'm happy you, you like the idea. That's, uh, that's good to hear. I, I, that yeah. was a lot of my thinking this year was around the, the whole transition process, which is not starting on day one. It's starting far earlier than that. Yeah, absolutely. No, I, I salute you. I think that's that that will now get more airtime for sure. We'll definitely we'll we'll talk your book into existence. That's what we'll do. <laughs> um, I'm sure you're going to be busy enough over the next little while to um, to not to stick a book writing a book in in there as well. But who knows? <laughs> who knows? Busy people generally find ways to keep themselves busy. <laughs> Uh, I love actually thinking about, you know, I have a little black book. Those who know me very well will know that I have a black book on my desk, on the table, kitchen table this time. It's a book of those thoughts that come and go and that that I don't have, as you say, I don't have time to explore now, but I, I somehow feel that they are worth keeping track of. And they just yep. make up to, they, they make their way to the black book and they wait for the time when I can open it again and reflect on those again. Yeah, Absolutely. So you're, you'd made the move into to, into Denham for the first time. Yes. So uh, and what was, ago. what was your role there that you moved into? I was an area director of finance. Uh, so I was responsible for the finance function, the operational uh, finance of the hotels in Europe and here in the UK. At yeah. that time, that was around 20, 25 hotels. Uh, you know, as every organization, AG has gone through different transitions and the divisions or the business units were called differently. But there were three years when I was basically in charge of operational finance of our hotels in Europe and luxury hotels here in the UK and I, the managed hotels. Yeah, That was the time when the difference is that, that you, you don't have hotel on your own, right? You are, you are leading through other leaders. And, you, and I started to learn how to lead through influencing other leaders. That was the, the massive learning of those uh, three years, was yeah. how to be in your function, so in finance. Um, but how to actually shape the business uh, through showing the others what you can see in the numbers and inspiring them to, to, to follow the train of thoughts that you might be having concluding out of those numbers. That's actually a massive psychological step to, to take because you're, you know, you're going from a kind of on-property leadership position where you can be right there and you can kind of be hands-on with people you know, on a day-to-day basis if you need to be. But actually, when you make that step up into a multi-property position where you can't be there every day, that level of trust that you need to have in these people has to be high. But also, how how do you lead the leader? 
because these people were you know effectively doing your hands-on leadership role that you've just come from absolutely and and more so trust is one as you said uh, leading through leaders and leading leaders that was a second learning and and probably the toughest one was letting go again so just allowing yeah. oneself to 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 it's almost like jumping off the cliff you close your eyes and you need to trust that that you don't hold all the answers and that the execution of what might be agreed is going to be different than if you were to do it yourself but that's all right, uh, because your role is not to execute. Your role is to make sure that the outcome is there and the ways or the pathways to the outcome might be different. But that was a critical experience for me to actually appreciate and understand what it is to be in a corporate role in a big, massive global organization. And I love it. I, I found myself, you know, you know, that is something that I can breathe and li- live through. And, and I found my space here. That is probably not for everyone, but for me, I enjoy this ability to actually have the impact on the business in so many ways through others absolutely i can see that i can uh, i can see as well having gotten to know you briefly and and what i've read about you that that plays nicely into your kind of natural demeanor and your personality in 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 the sense and especially as you continue to climb the ranks i suppose these skills that you're learning at that point are preparing you f- for this point Although obviously I couldn't have seen it at that point in time, as, as you can imagine. So yeah. that, is, uh, that is where the second learning comes around in 2019, so two years ago, when the opportunity of moving out from finance to operations uh, happened to be presented to me. Hmm. Um, and that was, uh, you know, one of those days when, when you have a conversation and, uh, and the company tells you, listen, this is a job that we think you can do. But by the way, it's not here in Denham, it's not here in the UK, you need to move to Germany. It is in Frankfurt, here is your ticket, do you want to go? Right. <laughs> and I very much wanted to, to experience something different than finance. Uh, so that conversation happened, obviously, as a result of our uh, conversations with IEG that have been taking place before. So that was not a surprising outcome. That was rather a very welcome development. And a huge vote of confidence, right? So IEG was offering me the opportunity of laterally move from finance to operations, even if technically, and if you look through my CV, I have never done operations before. I have never been a GM. I have never done anything operational in my life. And yet the company had a trust in me that I actually can do that and can make the transition because of, as we discussed, I could have led through other leaders in finance. So the trust was there that I can do the same, leading other leaders, leading general managers of the business this time. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, yeah. Frankfurt was just a nice twist to that because I have never lived in Germany. So why not? Yeah. Well, you know, you're, uh, I'm seeing a little bit of a pattern here that your, <laughs> your, your mind is definitely open to travel um, for yeah. sure. Um, but it's it's a wonderful byproduct of the industry, though, isn't it? I mean, you know, for for you to be it sat on a beach in Dakar, to moving back to to Warsaw, then to the UK, and now to to Germany, and I'm guessing back now in the UK uh, in your role. But you know, one you know you've got to be, I suppose, open to these opportunities as they present themselves to you. But you know, it, it's not just always as easy as saying yes. Let's do it, you know. Especially when you've got like family and things like that that you need to uh, to consider in the the mix as well. But I I think it is a wonderful thing about hospitality that you know you it literally can take you kind of anywhere. It 
it def- for me, it's not even a byproduct. I think it, it's part of the product of hospitality. It's somehow yeah. part of the DNA. Uh, but you are totally right. And I think that this is one of, while working with so many colleagues around uh, those offices, and, you know, also listening to my friends or my sisters, uh, and I have many of them, so, so you know, they have very different walks of lives. It is a certain lifestyle or a choice of life one takes, but it's not for everyone. It's not for everyone at, at any point. And it can change during uh, during one's life. Yeah. And, you know, it's it, it looks glamorous, right? And it's... You're right. It is quite glamorous to be moving from Croatia to Dakar, from Dakar to Denham, from Denham to to Frankfurt, etc. But there is a there is a darker side of it. It's uh, and very honestly with you, and you know we we chat here as if we could see one another. There is a, a degree of loneliness that it creates. There is a degree of and that is going to be my own word, not an English word, but somehow deroutedness of not being in one place for long enough to build relationships that other might build. Sure, yeah. What helped me in this process, and, and that's why probably I was I was eager and able and, uh, and you know, I wanted to do that and I keep wanting to do that is, for me at least, it was so much easier to be done while staying at IHG. And although changing the country, it's another location, it's another house, it's another, you know, routine that you built in your new location, there is one constant in your life. And this constant is IHG. Um, and yes, you change teams and you change you change people who you report to and people who you work with, but the culture is is the only constant thread that stayed with me for the past ten years. Yeah, yeah, well, and, yeah. and it's, well, it's one less thing for you to worry yourself about <laughs> when you're when you're moving jobs, um, for sure. But but also, you know, I I suppose that can't be underplayed because you also kind of probably know where you need to go to if there's a problem that needs to be solved that you can't solve you know the the key who the key stakeholders are who you know people need to get things done and all of these things that if you're transitioning into a new company as well as relocating you know it's a, a few less major things to concern yourself with absolutely and and that's what that to me that's what creates the bond as you say you know who to call and as, as old fashioned as calling might seem, because that sounds very 19th century calling someone, it is yeah. the, the biggest and the most reassuring. I think the sort of the, how do you call it? The phone book is the most reassuring thing that, that there is, uh, that there is someone there who will know the answer, who will know where to, where to go, which direction to point you to, or just listen to you. Huge yeah. comfort. Yeah, absolutely. So um, you're in the operations role. Oh, yes. Having made that move in Frankfurt. And uh, yeah, what happened next? So I'm indeed in Frankfurt uh, and another key encounter in my life. So I have my boss in Frankfurt who basically, you know, he just gets me sort of as a as a gift from Denham. Uh, I'm arriving there and I am I am a new director of operations for Northern Europe, as we call this region in, in IHG. So basically yeah. the region from, uh, from Belgium to the eastern borders of Poland at that time. And he gives me a huge gift of trust. Uh, he basically lets me run the business within my remit, of course, and within the remit of the role, but entirely trusting in, in my ability and in my decisions and in what you know I see for the business, um, including the period of Corona and the pandemic, right? So I start in yeah. 2019, I have a good run in 2019, and then 2020 comes and the world uh, crushes uh, all upon us. And that's that's an, another incredible learning of moving the functions. So this time, yes, I need to learn uh, a function that I didn't know before, 
but I am supported by someone who just uh, lets me learn and lets me make my own mistakes. And then I'm supported by my team, so the team of general managers who help me grow in this role and help me gain confidence and uh, being a leader of the area that is not my area of training, if you will, or the area of expertise. So that's another learning that, as you say, it's a building block to what I am doing today, leading people who know far better than I know how to solve the problem. Uh, And my role is by no means to tell them how to solve the problem. My role is very, very different from that. Yeah, your role is to make sure that they bring out how to solve the problem. Exactly. And that they are, they are you know, motivated and that they see the direction and that I translate the direction of, of, of the company in our direction and the division. And my role is to be there, be, be a support, be the hearing ear and, and somehow facilitate whatever is the resolution of the problem within the framework of the company. Yeah. Um, and that's uh, that was the last role, actually, before, as you say, rightly so, before coming back to the UK in August this year, when, uh, yes, the company called again. And this time I have uh, taken over the MD role here in the UK and I. Yeah, I, I feel like I want to give you a round of applause because it's um, <laughs> it's it does feel like all roads led here. Like everything that you've done in your career so far, whether you knew it at the time or not, was kind of leading you towards this position. So I suppose the big question is, is that while you were sat on a beach in Dakar, <laughs> figuring out how to, to to make the IT systems work in this new hotel, did you ever imagine at that point that you would become MD of the UK and Ireland in IHG? Not in the wildest dreams. <laughs> <laughs> Never. Uh, absolutely. You see, I think that it's a little bit like, probably like really climbing the mountains where you, you start your journey in the mountains and you climb your mountain and you think, wow, this is such a beautiful scenery that you see once you climb the little hill. Then you walk farther and then you climb another hill and a little bit higher hill. And then there's another scenery and you think, wow, this is so beautiful. That's such a wonderful landscape. I am going to stop here. And then you climb another and another and another. And believe me, over those years, uh, I have climbed another one and I really enjoyed what I have been seeing. Uh, mm. I, I, of course, had the career ambition. Don't get me wrong. It's not a total coincidence, an accident that I'm here. But I, I would have never, sitting in Dakar, uh, I would have never imagined that I would have ever been entrusted with a business of that size uh, here in the UK and I, which is obviously our core and our, our um, home market for IHG, with a role that is so broad in its remit as the role of the MD. Yeah, but that's kind of its charm for me because, you know, a, a lot's made, especially for people who are starting out in a career about, you know, you must have a plan and la 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 and all that sort of thing. But actually, the best plans can just be presented to you, that, you know, that take you away from the original plan. And I'm not suggesting for a second that it's not useful to have a plan, <laughs> but you've got to, you've got to, I suppose, have the, the, the wherewithal around what's going on around you at any given moment that can take you off into a completely new plan, but it doesn't mean that it's wrong. And um, I just, I love that. And I, But I also love that kind of every role that you've taken has has added value to what you've already got, which has added value to the next one, which is, and so on and so forth. And you find yourself here. And and I suppose, you know, you're, you're still young. Who knows what's next? Although I suppose you pro- probably want to do a good job here first. I definitely am committed to doing the good job first. <laughs> so, yeah. um, but to your point, I, you're right. Of course, we uh, we all are somehow almost programmed uh, to have a plan. That the whole 
education system is, is steered towards having a plan, right? From moving from one class to another and going to the university and doing this and that. And there is a merit in it. It's probably easier. We, we all do it quite spontaneously with anything in our life. We just plan tomorrow or we plan what we are going to be doing over the weekend. Mm. For me, the person who, again, another one who, who influenced my life was uh, someone at IAG five years ago who, again, asked me a very good question. So he asked me, so you are now in finance, you are running your, your area director of finance role. Where do you think it's going to take you? And I told him, well, I want to be this and that. So he he sort of drilled into this answer. He said, okay, so how are you going to get there? And I was, of course, prepared. So I gave him the whole story as to how I'm going to be jumping, you know, climbing the ladder to get there. Yeah. And he said to me, that's very nice. So that's your plan A. What's plan B and C? And I couldn't answer. <laughs> and I was, yeah. I was so stunned with the, with the question. I was thinking, that's such an obvious question. And I didn't have an answer. I, I went home. And I invented plan B and C. So what is going, you know, what if things don't happen the, the way I pre-planned them in plan A? Mm. And I have this piece of paper with me until today with those three different paths that were supposed to take me to a target. None of this happened exactly this way. But yeah. it was a brilliant advice as to how not to get stuck in, in my choices of, of career and how to actually be open to those learnings that might be around the corner that I just might not see them until I emerge in them. Yeah, I, I mean, that's that's golden advice. So are you on plan B or C or A? <laughs> uh, I, am, I, I am actually, well, I, ahead of what I have thought at that time, because again, my plans were never so, you know, I, I never got to, to the role like the MD plan. Uh, today, the plan is, you see, today I have changed it. It's not really a... How should I say that? It's not a gradual or lateral plan, if you will. Today, the plan is more reminding me of of the of of many balls that are around me, like in the park for kids, where you are surrounded by those little colorful balls so that you can play with. Yeah. So whatever I touch and whatever I do, whether it's something that I have done before or something that just pops on my desk, I try to take it, look at it, and think. So, what is the learning I'm taking from this? And, I don't, you probably you, you wouldn't know that about me, but but those who, who know my calendar very well or who work with me very closely will know that I have two hours on every Friday afternoon that I, as much as I can, try to protect. I call it think time. Uh, and yeah. if I don't have to give it away, I really don't. And I am keeping them perfectly blocked in my calendar to have this time every week to reflect on what kind of learning I have picked up this day or this week and how it is helping me be a better person, a better leader for, for the next one. That's brilliant. And, uh, well, I mean, am I, have I eaten into your thinking time? <laughs> you have today, but that's all right. Oh, this my God. Is, <laughs> that is a learning. I have never done it before. So well, yes, and, and this is reflective as well, isn't it? So, um, <laughs> you know, you've probably, it's conjuring up things in your head that you'd forgotten about that um, you went, oh, yeah, for, yeah, that, that kind of made me, that and so I took that learning there and I'm just clutching at straws but anyway um no but I you know I, I, I couldn't agree with you more and I think it, so many of us are busy and we just we hide behind this busyness but actually making time for you in many different ways and, and you know that's not just centered around thinking time but looking after your health and all of these sorts of things are massively important the one thing that I always talk about as much as I can with anybody who wants to listen is find time to inspire yourself and that can come through 
kind of any medium, just watching a movie, reading a book, going for a run, whatever. Just find the thing that that just gives you some inspiration because it's actually in these moments where your brain is inspired that that's the lateral thinking goes off the charts uh, at that point in time. So that's uh, in addition to the thinking time, make time to inspire yourself. So you see, you, you can see it, but I'm taking notes because I actually very much like the way you said it. Uh, so that has been oh, for today. Thank you. My God, I didn't realize I'd done an educational podcast. That was, um, <laughs> <laughs> that's a happy accident. But um, but no, I do. You know, I this is something that I definitely didn't do through my thirties. I uh, I just you know I was one of these guys that got my head down, just cracked on and got on with it, and didn't really think too much about what was going on. Just you know, I did. I definitely was a live in the moment kind of person. But then there is these things that happen to you where you you know they do make you think and they do give you that moment of reflection. And I think the the thing that I just, I always come back to is this just inspiring, find ways to inspire yourself because the the stuff that comes on the back of that is is brilliant. And I feel like I've just mentored the managing director of (laughs) IHG. So this is definitely a win for me today. It was a very inspiring comment. I'm taking it away. It, it makes it it makes its way to the black book uh, for things to you know things to reflect. Fantastic, on. great stuff. No, well, I'm 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 glad that you've taken something positive away today, um, as well. Um, a couple of things I want to talk to you about uh, before I kind of let you on your merry way. I noted from your LinkedIn profile that you had been uh, acknowledged in the Women to Watch and Advocates for Change in Hospitality, Travel, and Leisure Index which I will admit is something that I had not heard of until I read it on your profile. Could you kind of explain what that is and how that came about? Of course, that uh, that is indeed a recognition for, for female leaders in the industry. It is one of those organizations that aims to, to create a platform, so women in hospitality, create a platform for, uh, for women to exchange, to find mentors between one another, to coach one another, and to find actually a, a space, a safe space to learn, uh, but also to talk about the challenges that there might be uh, or that you might feel when you are a woman in this industry, especially when you are building your career towards the senior roles. Um, and there is a few initiatives that Women in Hospitality is an organization they do. There, there are a few trainings or a few mentorships programs that they have on offer. And IHG is one of the partners of Women in Hospitality. Um, and we are quite actively a member of the advisory board to somehow exchange and talk about the ways we as a business can adapt or change or communicate to make sure that female leaders, they feel as comfortable as they should be feeling while stepping into those roles. And one of the ways that the organization Women in Hospitality is recognizing the, the hospitality leaders is this uh, acknowledgement or a recognition that is the way of showing and amplifying a profile of some of us, basically to show the others that this is possible. I think we all believe that it's so much easier to have someone to talk to and to see someone making it. Uh, and then you can believe that this is also the path you can take rather than just theoretically talk about it. So yeah. for me, this recognition is, is just one of those where, uh, as you did, if someone reads my profile, one might get inspired and ask the question, so if you have done it, what could I do to be the same or to get to the role that you have had? Yeah. Uh, well, make sure you have a plan B and C. There we are. <laughs> you see? We've... That's a fast yeah. advice. <laughs> 
Uh, no, but that's great, and and you know, and I, I also love that the uh, the kind of the company are right behind it as well. And you know, at the end of the day, we need the the big brands to be doing that um, as much as possible. They have such a massive voice for the industry that they can make a huge, huge difference. So that's a, a really wonderful uh, kind of backup to the work that you're being acknowledged for as well. You're right. It's part of the responsibility. At, at least that's how I read it. And I know that IEG reads it the same way. Part of being big, part of being known, part of being branded, and a part of the awareness that the brand creates uh, is being responsible and, and then communicate the fairness uh, and what is right in such a way that it is inspiring to others. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that And that's we need that more than ever because, um, you know, we need to be telling the world that this is such a wonderful career opportunity and um, you know the the more people that that are in positions that can inspire people that you know the more good people we're going to get into the industry it's it's that simple and, and I couldn't think of I know this industry has been obviously hammered over the past two years and believe me I'm not disconnected from the reality it has been horrible what we have gone through and it's still not over so it has been hard and heartbreaking for so many of us, um, yeah. seeing our hotels closed or seeing our hotels empty for months. But it is still one of those industries that, you know, when I speak about it, and you probably can somehow sense it through, uh, through the lines here, it is an industry that I smile when I talk about. Uh, it is one of those that still it's quite unbelievable, the feeling that you get as a guest when you walk into the lobby of the hotel and you are being taken care of. But it's also tremendously rewarding when you actually get asked the question by the guest in the hotel as to how can I do this and that, and you can help them and you can see that you are making someone's day far easier than it had been before. Yeah, absolutely. And that's hosp- that's a hospitality mindset right there. You know, that is just about making those around you feel better than they did before they came into your company. Exactly. <laughs> I, and I don't mean your company as an IHG. No. I mean just just your company being around you. Exactly. No, got you. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it's it, it's such a an understated thing, but I, I, you know, it's still the most important part of this business uh, for me is is that uh, ability to make people feel special. And just because you know you you spent a lot of your career so far in finance, as an example, which is considered to be a support function, doesn't mean that you should not be making people feel special you know, through that process as well. It's not just about the uh, the, the people out front uh, with the guests. Of course. And it's not only about people who are in the hotels. It's also about, you know, the huge infrastructure of the team members who are sitting in the central offices. It is, and that is part of the beauty of this industry. It's like a massive factory of chocolate, if you will. Everyone can make <laughs> the next person special. And it then just sprinkles down to the guest ultimately. Uh, yep. But there's so many of us, so many of our colleagues that the guests will never even know they exist. And yet their existence and their work make their experience special. Yeah, absolutely. And I have never heard anybody refer to it as a factory of chocolate. So <laughs> you are, you're pioneering new phrases as well. You've definitely got a book in you. Definitely got a book in you. No, great stuff. Um, a question I'd like to ask everyone who comes on the show, because this is a, an industry full of fun. Um <laughs> Uh, do you have any funny stories you can share with us from your career so far? <laughs> funny stories. Uh, okay, I'm not too sure that I'm such a fun person, but I can try. I think it's my 
the, the funniest story that we have had in, in the hotel industry so far was the story in, in Warsaw when um, we were convinced that we have a ghost in the hotel. So there was a okay. weird noise. The, the that, in that's Warsaw, a good start. That's a good start. <laughs> you need to see the hotel in Warsaw. It's, um, it's 40, I think, 44 or 45 floors of the glass tower in the city center of Warsaw. One of right. those buildings. Oh, that's a hotel. And the guests kept complaining that they heard noises. Uh, literally, the, the complaint from the night crew was the guest tells us that they are hearing noises. When it happens once, you might think, okay, the guest has a problem, so we are not going to really worry about it. But when it keeps happening, you start thinking there is truly something wrong with the hotel if the guests are hearing noises. Yeah. So we have started a full investigation as to what kind of noises the guests might be hearing. And the investigation went very far, and I took it on myself to solve the mystery of the ghost. We started to call this voice a, a ghost. Yeah. So I analyzed the guest complaint and I nailed down the room when the voices were coming from. So I asked the GM to sleep in the room, right, to allow me to stay in uh, overnight. So I did stay <laughs> overnight. It was a room 3901. So I was staying in the room 3901. I am staying there in bed, fully dressed because I am prepared to tackle the ghost when it appears. <laughs> and indeed, the voice started at around 11, maybe quarter past 11. There was a voice. I was not crazy. There was something going on. There was someone calling maybe not me, but calling someone. It, it right. was pretty spooky. So <laughs> believe me, at 11 p.m. in a hotel like that, you, you don't really want to be there alone with a noise um, of unknown origin. But <laughs> That's fair to say, yeah. <laughs> but with my own determination, I, uh, I took my you know, master key that opens all the doors because th th I was fully uh, in a very Sherlock Holmes type of mode. Uh, and I went listening to the voice, trying to determine where the voice was coming from. And the voice indeed brought me to the heart of house engineering room in on the 42nd floor, I think it is. Absolutely okay. the middle of the darkest possible corridor where no one ever goes. And the voice was there or the noise was there behind the wall. So right. I sat down and I started to think, so what is behind the wall? Since obviously, you know, I don't have the drawings in my head and I am just a finance director. So how would I know what's behind the wall on the 42nd floor? I yeah. went around, I went to the 43rd floor, I checked everything that I could have checked. And then I discovered that behind this wall, there is actually a swimming pool uh, that goes two floors down. So yes, that was quite logical. I just you know, couldn't imagine in my head that the swimming pool floor is going to be on the 42nd floor. And what appeared to be the ghost was actually a swimming pool vacuum cleaner that you ah, put okay. on at 11 p.m. So indeed, at 11 p.m., someone was putting on the vacuum cleaner for the swimming pool, and this vacuum cleaner was just making its way through the swimming pool, making the, the noise. And truly, we have changed. I don't know what. We have changed the vacuum cleaner. We have changed the provider of vacuum cleaners. Something has changed, but this vacuum cleaner was making the noise the previous ones were not making. It took me the whole night, but I found the reason, and I discovered, and I somehow unraveled the mystery of the ghost of Intercontinental Warsaw. Fantastic, fantastic, and we're gonna uh, we're gonna start calling you Joanna Creek now, like Jonathan Creek, because it's the you know it's the logical brain wins every time, right? The um, if the illogical, well, I don't even know what the Sherlock Holmes saying is, but if uh, when you remove all of the illogical, you can only be left with the oh, whatever. I don't know. You can Nobody only really solve the logic. But um, no, that's great. So you, you might be the first 
person on the show to to have done a a, a spooky one uh, as well. So um, and you know, God, if we'd have just done this a couple of months, a couple of weeks earlier, I could have had this as a Halloween special. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, I just threw into a Halloween special. Oh, well, never mind. No, that's that's great. And you know what? These are the uh, the things that I love about this industry is that the um, you know everyone. Everyone probably has a book in them, actually, around the stuff that that happens and that you get up to. Most of it you can't share with the world because of discretion, generally. But it's little moments like that that kind of, you know, that's actually in itself highlights this little moment of teamwork as well, that we're going to get to the root of this. And I am willing to be that person that sleeps alone with a ghost to to get to the bottom of this. No, that's brilliant. Superb. I um. I am so grateful for you spending time with us today and uh, and telling us your story. And uh, what's uh, what does the next year have in store for you? I suppose it's all about recovery. Uh, it is indeed. But coming back to our Lego blocks, yes, it all got shattered uh, by the reality around us. So the next year is all about rebuilding and recovering and doing it in the most responsible way. And you yeah. will probably hear me talk about it, or you might have even uh, read some of my uh, my thoughts uh, that that have been collected here by by the press or by by people who wanted to listen. I spoke quite a lot about the responsible recovery. I made it the tagline, if you will, of of 2022 for me and for us here in the UK and I, and probably more broadly for us at IHG. But I am absolutely determined and committed to make sure that when we recover, we do it better than than from the world that we started from in 2019. Brilliant. And, you know, actually that comes back to the um, the article that, that, that you were covered on and that the women to watch uh, when asked about what qualities you most value in a leader. The courage to do the right thing actually is, is a massive thing. And that's all about taking responsibility and doing things responsibly. Compassion to listen, to understand and not to judge that's going to be critical in the, the leading of people right now and the care to genuinely lead. And that's about you being you and being authentically you. And um, and these are the, I don't, couldn't have summed up what you wrote any better <laughs> as to the things that I think that we need in leadership right now. And uh, and it's really, really wonderful to see that, that after your 100 days have passed, that um, I suppose the hard work starts now. It has started 100 days ago, but yes, we are fully <laughs> No, and I um, I wish you all the very best. Everything I read about you and everything I, I see in, in the press uh, is only positive. And I uh, I, I think the, the company have, have made a, a monumentally wonderful choice. And I, I wish you all the very best in the next phase. Thank you, Phil. That's very, very kind of you to say. Very emotional for me to hear. So really, thank you. Bless you. Thank you very much for for coming on the show. Of course, with pleasure. Thanks. We'll speak again soon. Take care. And there we have it. Another wonderful journey from Joanna proving that sometimes you will deviate from the plan in order to get to where you want to go. I can't wait to see what she will achieve in her new role. We'll be back next Wednesday with more stories from hospitality. But until then, thanks for listening and we'll see you next week.